2: Welcome on to a pre-deadline edition of Hollinger and Duncan. We will actually come to you next week on Friday to wrap up the deadline rather than the usual Wednesday. We'll do it at that same time two Eastern 11 Pacific, at least as of right now. Stay tuned if we need to change that. But today we are going to have a little bit of fun here and draft our rookie sophomore rosters and then at the end john's also going to slot in these g league ignite guys that he's seen into this list so we're gonna have a lot of fun with this we're each gonna pick eight players and john do you want first pick i i, I think the the fair thing to do would be first pick then the other person gets two and then we alternate is that a reasonable way of doing it or should we just alternate
3: uh, no, that's, that's a reasonable way to do it. Uh, let's, let's talk just overarching what we're doing here before we get too deep in the weeds. Um, so, you know, the rising stars game, they, they, uh, they pick the rookies and the sophomores, and then they're going to draft teams this year, uh, and kind of have them all play each other, I guess. Um, so hopefully they, and it's going to be an Elam ending. So hopefully they end up with real games and not like a glorified dunk contest this year. So it'll be, it'll be fun. Uh, so the, the league's assistant coaches depict, uh, t- twelve rookies, twelve sophomores, and then four players from G League Ignite. Uh, what Nate and I are going to do today is uh, we're going to pick uh, two teams of eight because the the field gets kind of much less interesting after that. Um, and then we'll uh, go from there. And and yeah, what we're I think, picking... And
2: it'll be fun. You know, All these guys are young players. We could do this again next year and go back and look at who we picked and who yeah. kind of ended up with a better team. Because the purpose here is not to just pick the best overall team right now. We're not trying to actually put together a team with positions that fits together and all that. And we're also not trying to pick the players who are the best players right now. We're trying to pick the players that we think are are... The best prospects going forward, who we would most want to have on a team. We're we're, dra- we're so, drafting
3: careers, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's totally reasonable. So I'll give you the pick, John. Do you want the number one pick, or do you want picks two and three?
3: Uh, I think I'm going to go with picks two and three.
2: Okay, this is tough here then, because I have a player that I think hmm. this is too
3: high to take Moses Moody. If that's what you're thinking. <laughs>
2: why do you think i would be into moses moody
3: <laughs> i i th- think he's played pretty well these last couple games
2: no no he, he has that that is true um But yeah, might might be a little early for him. I think ultimately, I'm going to have to go with Evan Mobley. Uh, He was the highest of all these players when I did my top 10 prospects for the newly rebranded NBA strategy stream on NBA League Pass a couple of days ago. So he's the guy for me. I would say he's probably close to the best player on this list right now. There's maybe a couple of guys that you might say have been better than him. But he's the best defensive rookie since... Tim Duncan probably has, to me, the highest floor of any of these players and then also has some significant upside on the offensive end as well. So I I think he's going to be my first pick here, even if maybe some of these more offensively focused players have the highest upside. Evan Mobley is my number one pick.
3: I'm actually slightly surprised. Oh, yeah? uh because uh i i i just thought you would go for perimeter and offense the, the way well the way i think here's
2: the thing well i guess I, i'm not if i especially if i were we were doing this like as just a team building exercise mm-hmm. right now mobley would be the guy because there are plenty of other perimeter guys and he's really the only guy who's like him in this i mean maybe a kongu is a pretty big step down i would say for mobley there yeah so but but that said yeah no i mean i think he's i i think mobley has uh is the guy I would most want on my team right now out of all these players. Wow. Or, or okay. going forward, I should say.
3: Okay. I uh, I went back and forth a little bit uh, between him and uh, LaMelo Ball. And I ended up... I still ended up at LaMelo Ball. I still just think having that ball-in-hand shot creator is the most important thing to fill. And I think he's such an elite passer and his game is still developing in the other areas. I know he sucks at finishing and that bothers you. Um, and his defense can be inattentive at times, let's say. Uh, but I, I also feel like those are, you know, on the scale of what's fixable and what isn't relatively fixable. And I, I just think there's a ton of ceiling there still. And he's really good right now. Uh, so I, I actually, I was, I was a ball guy. I had, I had him number one on, on my personal board, uh, um, although it was very close between him and him and Mobley, I mean Mobley does some stuff. What's interesting about Mobley is that he defies some of the rules that are in our heads. I think about the value of bigs because he's a big who can play as a small almost. Um, in terms of his ability to defend on the perimeter. He can guard anybody on the perimeter. So he's like, bam, that way. Uh, But then he can also attack off the dribble from the perimeter, which is a, you don't see that skill in bigs very often. Uh, So that's another unique thing. His biggest weakness is probably like the traditional big man stuff, like just posting up against another five or, or, you know, rebounding and and some of that stuff, ironically. But yeah, he's, he's awesome. So... So uh definitely a defensible pick. All right, so I get I get obviously I'm taking ball at two, and then I get one more here.
4: Yes. All
3: right, so this this is a tough one that I still not sure I totally have resolved in my head between Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham. And ultimately. I'm going to go with that multi-positional, flexibility, chameleon, point center ability of Scotty Barnes. I, th- I just think that's going to end up being a slightly more valuable skill set than what Cade Cunningham can bring. I still see Cade probably more as a number two guy than a number one guy on a good team. Um, Even, you know, viewing what his trajectory might be going forward. He's had some really good games of late. He was awesome in the Denver game. Uh, he, but he still mixes it mixes those in with like three for fifteen with six turnovers. Like I, I still think there's some issues with him just tur- turning the corner, getting easy buckets. Like it's it's just it's it's a it's kind of a, a project for him to to get those kind of buckets, and I think that puts a cap on him a little bit. So I'm gonna go with Scotty Barnes. So I got I got Ball and Barnes as as my two guys here.
2: Yeah, Barnes is definitely lower on the list for me. Um, I really? I would have had Cunningham over. For him, and that's I'm and I actually very, very seriously consider taking Kate Cunningham at number one. And I've just been so impressed by his ability in isolation recently. He has gotten much better as a finisher. I think he's gonna be a really good shooter, especially considering how little Detroit has had around him with Grant and out I mean, seeing them in person two weeks ago or so, and just that it was Sadiq Bey and just literally nobody else who could shoot on the entire roster next. I mean, they're starting Hamadou Diallo with the three he, his job has been so difficult and he still has actually been producing and i I think that his upside is you know i think he could be just one of the 10 best players in the nba i'm not sure i can see that with scotty barnes now barnes has already defied my expectations as a shooter so perhaps the fact that i'm pricing in some of that pre-draft stuff is still i shouldn't be doing that maybe i, I but i also actually haven't been as impressed by barnes as a defender as i hope to i think as an off-ball guy he's done and stuff on ball when he's they've tried to put him on really good players he's gotten lit up a little bit um and even gotten hunted some granted Siakam and Anobi are the two guys next to him but um yeah I just think that Cade's ball skills are so good he's such a good passer too like he's to me Cade Cunningham is going to be a guy that you can run a heliocentric offense through someday I think he has the chance to do that and that to me is the most valuable type of player in the league um I still had Barnes pretty high but Cade to me I've just been really really impressed by him And if he didn't suffer that sprained ankle and have a shitty first month once he comes back, like to me, he's been exactly what he was supposed to be. Hmm.
3: I, uh, the one area I absolutely agree with you on Kate. So he's shooting 32.8% from three this year. I think he's a way better shooter than that. Like, his form, his shooting form is uh, really good, and he shot very well at Oklahoma State, despite taking a lot of difficult looks. So I I totally buy him as a shooter, and I think that certainly raises his floor incredibly. I still think as, a like, I guess I don't really see it as a, like, is he really that great a passer? Like, I don't know. I think he throws the ball away a lot. I think he, you know, he loses a dribble with his left hand a lot. Like, I, I don't know. I still, eh like it's hard for me to get that fired up about him as like a leading man
2: okay well i think we, we'll remember this for next year i, I think right. he I, I mean i agree he turns it over a lot obviously but I, I think even there's someone who did some research on this maybe like 15 years ago that turnovers uh, for rookies aren't the worst thing in the world because that's one of the things that oh most my improved. god
3: he's throwing my own work right back in my face <laughs> hoisted by his own petard yes Um, absolutely
2: but and so but yeah that's that's concerning I but I I think that's going to get fixed and my biggest problem with him the first month or so of the year was I thought he just looked small he was struggling to finish and he just is so much more confident now he's looked so much better as a finisher and also by the way like he's a good defensive player like the who's the last guy who came in with this type of an offensive role as a rookie who also really provides something on the defensive end an important defense position that's that's the other thing too so i think even if he's not that heliocentric guy i think he can be that certainly he can slot in as a jason tatum or jalen brown type very easily as well i think he's ahead of where those guys were in terms of his ball skills as a rookie and he does have a pretty he's not that tall but he does have a pretty good wingspan so he's he's a he could play the three and i think he can be the lead initiator but i'm i've just when i've watched him and just watched some of the the plays that he's able to make particularly as an iso guy too like he's really scoring well in in isolation right now i think he just has so many ways that he can attack even if he's not so unbelievable at any one particular one of those but shooting the three posting up uh attacking face up in in isolation pick and roll on or off the ball he, he's just he's got so many ways that he can hurt he's you, so. got
3: a lot in his bag i cannot argue with that
2: um but yeah i mean for to have barnes over him i mean do you think is it just the superior athleticism that you perceive barnes to have is that the the, the Um, Like, what do you see the upside of Scotty Barnes being if he works out the way you want him to?
3: I guess I... Like I still see him potentially being like almost like a poor man's Kawhi Leonard. Um and, and that that was the thing I thought coming in the draft, and maybe I'm just wildly overrating his defensive ceiling. I mean, maybe it's just maybe I'm just seeing something that's not there. Um
2: Well, I mean, there are plenty of people who agree with you.
3: And uh he can really handle the ball and pat like and I, I think he has a better ability than Cade to like get by people with his dribble uh and really create problems. And so I I guess I see that aspect of it too too.
2: But, yeah, I, I mean, don't. I don't think I would agree with that personally.
3: that okay, the the shoot. You know, you could argue that you know he's only shooting thirty percent from three right now, and maybe that continues to you know, may, and maybe that's just what he ends up being for his career. He didn't shoot the ball well at at Florida State. He is depending a little bit uh, on kind of mid range and pull up jumpers right now more than you'd maybe like. Uh, so I, I I can understand that argument. Uh, but
2: no, I mean I think my my big. I guess quote unquote fear of being wrong on Scotty. It's already kind of become the case. Is that I thought his jumper would be a complete disaster. I thought his floater game would be okay. But I thought his jumper would be a disaster. And it's actually like, he's taking some strides and he's aggressive with it. Free throw percentage is up to seventy three percent. So I think he's shown enough growth there and Toronto in that development system too. I so I'm I think he's gonna be a better shooter than I thought he was. But I I'm also not willing to say that he's gonna be like an unbelievable shooter. Is just gonna like kill people. In- in isolation or be a guy that you're really scared of at the three-point line either so i'm kind of hedging my bets there but i do see i mean his rate of improvement has been really impressive from the promoter Mm -hmm. And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the P.O.S., it was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point-of-sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car, you need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media, get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash PER uh okay so it is now your pick no you got one more
3: pick, pick don't you
2: no, no, no. I, I, th- the. I don't like the snake draft where you get two going forward. What I was, it's uh, my point was the number one pick. Then that's counterbalanced by getting two and three, and then you just alternate up.
3: Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, okay, all right. So it does go to me. All right. So a uh, couple places I could go here, but I think I'm going to go Captain Obvious and take Anthony Edwards here. Uh, I just think there's the still the ceiling to lead the league in scoring. Uh, getting better as a defender has improved a lot from, say, last... When did we start the season? <laughs> last January to this January. So those 12 months, he certainly made massive strides. Still young. And young as a basketball player, too, in some ways. Because he grew up playing football and switched to basketball relatively late. So, for all those reasons, um, I, I, I would go Edwards here.
2: Yeah, they would have been my pick at this point as well. I'm going to have another controversial one here. Longtime listeners know that I'm a, a big believer in upside and he is having a rough year he had a decent stretch and now he's been really struggling again recently but I don't care I am just too seduced by the physical potential of Jalen Green he is just wow. so fast he just like when he puts his head down he just blows by guys he's impossible to stay in front of if he gets any kind of a head of steam he can struggle to finish at times but I think he's going to be able to get past that you know he's one of the best leapers i've ever seen in my life and i think his jumper may not be perfect but i think it's gonna get to be solid enough where you have to respect him out there and you can't just go under on him every time so this is a pure upside play clearly there he's when you look at his stats he's one of the worst players that we're considering here but I mean just he's another guy where the flashes are just so tantalizing I mean I just there's nobody i can remember who is that fast that good of a leaper has a pretty decent skill level for this age he's on kind of a weird team right now but i just think he's gonna be the 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 upside is just so limitless there that i have to go with it
3: wow i'm i'm a little surprised
2: uh so i, I so- knew you would be because you've been super down on him too but um I, I mean when i just when i see him pump fake uh, on a closeout and he's just at the rim before you can even think and <clears throat> if he i mean basically if you allow him to take two dribbles in one direction like there's nobody in the league who can keep up with him just going in a straight line like that. It's and th- it's going to take some refinement. Maybe he never gets there, but to me, I'm just the upside is what I'm looking for at, at this point in the draft.
3: Wow, so that that's really interesting. Um, so right now he is a terrible bas- basketball player, um, and so it's yep, interesting I agree. because. But the the guy I've always compared him to is Zach Levine, where yeah he comes in and he's just bad. And but there's so much, as you say, upside there between the first step quickness and the leaping ability. Uh, the thing, the thing I see with there's a couple things with with Green that trouble me right now. I don't think. He's going to um, get to the point that Levine is as a shooter, certainly.
2: No, um, that, that seems I, unlikely. Levine is a, such an underrated shooter.
3: And it's weird. Um, you don't really feel his athleticism during the course of a game unless he has a poster dunk. Um he has trouble taking off and finishing in crowds. Have you noticed this? Like, he, he, it feels like he doesn't elevate nearly as well as he, as he does when he has like a breakaway or whatever. And he ends up with all these like weird contested finishes or partially blocked or whatever um so not in love with that part um and then obviously you have basically two-year body of work where he was an average g-league player and then a a bad nba player so you have all that working against him so i i had him lower because of that and yet like i can't argue too harshly against putting him here just because like and you know any draft is about upside if i if i know i still have him 5 years from now i'll put it that way i guess that yeah. i i might be pretty excited about that cuz he could like he could be an electrifying offensive player uh once he kind of figures it all out
2: Yeah, on the finishing, I've noticed that at times, but I also, I've seen enough good finishes with him taking off from odd angles and still being able to get pretty good explosion that I, I feel decent about it. Um, I, and this is my question too. I guess we'll find out the answer when you pick your next guy, but I just, who is the guy we haven't selected at who has as high upside as him? Is there anyone that you would give a higher upside to than him?
3: Uh, well, let's get into my next pick then.
2: (laughs) I mean, there are reasons to pick other than upside, of course, but uh, just on that particular question. But yeah, let's see who you got next here.
3: Franz Wagner.
2: Very interesting.
3: I think this guy's just like, he's a pretty good player right now. And like, you can see some pretty clear trajectories for him to become, uh, I still think significantly better than what he is. Um, he is big. He can handle the ball. He's, he like, they do stuff and pick and roll with him. He can shoot. He's, he's got, you know, it's a little bit of a low release. I don't know if he's ever going to be like a super crazy volume, three point shooter. You could argue, uh, Pretty good defensive player um, and, like, good anticipation and stuff for steals. He's going to fill out. He's going to be able to play four Uh pretty good athlete. Like, I, I just don't know what's what's missing here. Like, the floor is really high to where he's like a starting caliber forward right now. And like, I don't think it's ridiculous at all to think he could be an all-star.
2: No, I don't think so either. He's the guy, even more so than Barnes, who surprised me in this class. He is very much in consideration for me here. I don't think I would have gone with him necessarily. I guess I only had one other guy who was, who was ahead of him. But I mean, the biggest thing about him is he's got the skill level to play the three And he's fucking huge. Yes, exactly. Huge. Like yeah. he's like a real 6'10 and has a, over a seven foot wingspan. He And the other thing that's just crazy of, is that the way he's taking advantage of NBA spacing, he's got such a great array of Euro steps and flip finishes. And, you know, like it, I really was eye opening for me watching him against the Sixers a couple of weeks ago where he's just, he went right at Joel Embiid six times and he scored four of those times, which by the way, is very good going up against Joel Embiid. He had. Yeah no problems just attacking he completely wrong-footed and beat a couple of times with euro steps and yeah i think he's a passable defender someone who can switch onto most players and to play for to be able to have like that true six ten size with the ball skills to play the three, he's been better as a shooter than I expected so far. More versatility of the jump shot. Uh He's got a little bit of passing ability as well. He can get out and transition. He's I mean, good I in he's transition. Be a he is good.
3: But, he is good in the open yeah. floor.
2: Yeah, because he can again. He's got those huge strides. He can just step around anyone who's back who's not a center and. No, I mean, I, I've really liked him. He's still pretty young also. And... Yeah, played
3: two years at Michigan, but he's the same age as the one in Duns
2: Right. So, no, I've been very, very impressed by him. And... My next pick here, I, I'm going to, I'll actually be a little bit more transparent. I'm trying to decide between Tyrese Halliburton and Desmond Bain, and I'm really struggling to do that. And you know, Halliburton has been good in this time with De'Aaron Fox out. The Kings have not been. Bain is younger than you think. He was only 21 when he was drafted, even though he's a four year guy. So, but he's 23 now. Halliburton is, you know, 2021. 20, so he's two years behind him. Bain has been really good, though. I mean, he's a, someone that I think is going to be, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a top five shooting guard. In the league, but I think he's going to be a top ten shooting guard in the league for you know the next ten years. He's he's strong defensively, good help defender. These fly by threes are pretty awesome. He's got a little bit of pick and roll juice as well. Uh, just such a reliable open shooter, forty percent for his career. Up the usage this year. I think I am ultimately going to go with Bane uh, over Halliburton. I want the biggest reason is Hal Burton is just. I think he's just going to be so thin defensively that I I think he may always end up being a liability. There. And um, I think Bane is can be part of some of these best defenses as a Switch guy. So I, I'm gonna go Bane.
3: Wow. I'm okay. So I'm a little surprised by your pick. Um not that you were choosing between Halliburton and Bane, but that you weren't choosing among Tyrese Maxey in with that, in with those two.
2: Yeah, I've I've got Maxey a little bit lower than those guys, and maybe I've just been too slow to adjust on him, he still seems just a little bit too one note of a player. Just attack the rim as fast as you can and finish with the right hand, which he's unbelievable yeah. at. And his floater game is getting better. His shooting is getting better. You know, I And he's also a little bit small. Not a great distributor, but really is one-sized. So I do... I'm, I'm a little worried that he's just going to kind of be more of a scorer and the, not going to do that, all that much else.
3: That My concern with him is that he ends up just being in like a volume guide, Leah, as you say.
2: Like the percentages on him aren't
3: that <laughs> overwhelming, let's say.
2: Yeah, and I think ultimately, Maxi is he you know I think he's gonna be a quality starting point guard for a long time more of a scorer than a passer as I said but I just wonder if he's gonna be good enough to be a top two option on a really good team and then I may just be more interested than in Desmond Bain I probably I mean if I was gonna consider Halbert I probably should have considered Maxie like I could easily say Maxie should be better than than Halbert like that's that is totally defensible but I think ultimately Bain none of these guys at this level have I would say superstar upside so now I'm more willing to go with that player who just fits so incredibly well on a good team in the modern game I am right. kind of jealous that you got Bogner, though
3: <laughs> fair enough um well uh so it's back to me so uh I'm gonna take another big wing who's a, a rookie this year
2: oh interesting uh, so so after all that you're not even taking uh you're not even taking Maxi after you just talked to me
3: i am not taking maxi or Halliburton uh I'm okay. gonna take Josh giddy uh, i'm just i th- there there are still ways that this ends up with him being a not overwhelming player right because he still can't shoot that well it's possible teams will just like switch everything against him and then there's just not a lot for him to attack but i've been impressed with his his floater game his passing ability his ability to play on the ball uh and shooting is one of the more fixable things uh i don't think he'll ever be a great defender but he's at least he's big and and he does like he's willing to be Physical, he rebounds, so he he does do some stuff on that end. So I, th- I think his pathway to being a plus starter is pretty clear, uh, and he's still really young. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy on him. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take what I perceive to be more ceiling with him over maybe a slightly more assured pretty goodness with Halliburton or Maxie. Uh, so this is this is number nine pick now uh, for Josh Giddy.
2: Yeah, I had Giddy actually further down my list. I actually have him at 14. But wow, that said, I'm still I'm this, this is a pretty good group here. So that I hopefully that's not taken as a huge insult to him. Like his passing is really good. He's a wonderful rebounder. Can push it in transition. I do worry about how much you can put the ball in his hands as a scorer. I'm not that convinced that he's going to be a really high quality of scorer. You know, he seems kind of more like a 15 points a game on middling efficiency sort of guy, and you can always go under on him. I think if he figures out the shot, I agree there is some upside there, although he's not an unbelievable athlete and he could get attacked in individual defense. He's got a lot of size. I love his mentality just overall, like how aggressive he is. And, you know, he's got that Australian player mindset, which I I so appreciate, but yeah, I just I'm not as much of a believer in his upside. I think as you, although I, I see it getting there, I'm just not seeing him as going to be like some quality shooter. And I do have some athleticism concerns, but he's such a weird player that I could easily be wrong about him. It's just these weird players. It's like sometimes they're weird in a way where they, we've never seen anything like this before, and it's unbelievable. Other times, it's just sort of like, all right, he's got all these skills that are kind of rare, and how do you use them? And I, I there's a little bit of that latter to me but uh again that's I really I like him a lot I, there's just a lot of other guys here that I like better.
3: Okay. All right. Well, it's it's right right back to you here. So I'm I'm, I'm guessing I know who you're going to take here now. But fire away.
2: Yeah. I mean, since since we talked about it, I guess it, it is going to have to be Tyrese Halliburton. Um. And I'm I think the biggest thing that I'm really excited about with him is his shooting. And I think if he were used a little bit differently, that that could be an incredible weapon where you could use him off the ball a little bit more. I mean, he's got that funky shot, but it's really good. And uh, you know, he's starting to develop a little bit of a step back game as well he's a very good pat much better pick and roll player than i thought he would be although he is very reliant still on getting a running start to his right hand he's much less effective on the left side of the floor he's gonna have to fix that you know, rj barrett style to really be uh the type of player that we'd like him to be as as the lead engine um yeah his individual defense is bad it, it has some team defensive instincts we haven't really seen it in the uh sacramento kings defensive system but i shall we say? But yeah, I I think I got to go Halliburton
0: here. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from sling, the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once, starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.
5: We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
3: What What is that system? Uh, all right. Uh... Well, uh all right, so it's back to me. This is a guy that I very seriously considered at uh 9 and maybe should have taken at 9, but he's still here for me at 11, uh playing much better of late. Uh still a backup, but I think won't be a backup for too much longer.
2: Onyeka Okongwu of the Atlanta Hawks. Won't be a backup for too much longer.
3: Uh Okay, I think by the time the twenty three twenty four season starts, he will not be a backup. How about oh, that?
2: Okay, okay, okay. All right, that's yeah. That the, I mean, he may be better than Clint Capella very, very shortly.
3: Yeah, r- r- correct. Yeah, yeah. The 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 way things are trending, obviously they can't trade Capella right now, but I could easily see Atlanta trading Capella in the off season and just moving Okongu up. Right, that makes all kinds of sense if they can find a trade.
2: Yeah, and yeah, we'll see how that uh, extension works out for sure. Yeah, I I. Have- had a kangaroo 12th on my board this is always an interesting when you do these drafts you know how teams are always like oh yeah we had this guy way higher on our board than uh whatever our pick was and basically any player that you're drafting at like 20 the odds are that that's gonna be the case right the only Ver- way that Ver- wouldn't I be mean, the case.
3: Ha- having having gone through actual real NBA drafts, yes, I can assure you this is the case. Um, except for one odd year where it was like, I'm trying to remember, I I don't want to give too much away here, but basically uh, I want to say it was like the top 20 players on our board were gone and we were picking in the 20s, (laughs) which (laughs) it was like this unbelievable, perfect storm. And (laughs) we were like trying to move up and everything and we couldn't, it was terrible
2: anyway. Yeah. Cause the, there's never going to be a situation in which you would be taking a player at 20 that you had ranked 25th. Like that would be mathematically impossible.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, probably your median is that, you know, when you're drafting at 20, that the guy you're drafting is going to be like 15th or 16th on your board. The only way he would be 20th on your board is if every other team had the exact same board that you had, which is obviously for him. Likely. Yeah, totally. Um, that said, I this is now the 12th pick in the draft. Yes, I'm gonna take Jonathan Kaminga over Tyrese Maxey.
3: That is defensible. I I haven't seen enough of, of Kaminga to really form a strong opinion either way, but there's definitely the upside there to be a the type of big forward that every team wants, right?
2: he is extremely frustrating to watch I, I will say that i mean he makes a ton of mistakes he has uh, and, and even sometimes when he does good things you're like maybe that wasn't even the best decision but because his athleticism is so overwhelming it just worked out it, yeah. and you know, he doesn't have a ton of finishing craft i've been very encouraged that the strides he's made as a three-point shooter where at least if he's left wide open he seems to be able to make that shot now i don't know how good he's going to be there i don't know is how many reps is he going to to get as just like a pure isolation guy but when he puts his head down and just tries to attack the basket is if he's not being guarded by an elite defensive player with real size and quickness he's just going to get there most of the time now he might get a shot block there he's shown like he's just shown these little flashes enough of them even though he is very frustrating to watch right now and maybe his basketball iq or playing hard like it's just not going to work out i just think that because of the physical tools and also he's improved a ton since summer league and last year in the g league as well i'm gonna pick him here over maxi again just more due to the position obviously i mean if you asked me who's gonna have a better career tyrese max or jonathan kaminga I would say Maxi is more likely to do that, but the upside of Kaminga is too high to ignore.
3: Yeah, one one thing he did really well in the G League that doesn't really fit how the Warriors like to play. They would ISO him at the free throw line occasionally, yeah, and that like he was he was really good because he could just physically like he was going to win that matchup, especially against G League guys. Um, and it's an and it, you know it's the Dirk play right where it's like where the hell do we help from?
2: Uh, okay, you going Maxi next here?
3: Yeah, I'm going Maxi at 13. I mean, come on, like he's a good NBA starter right now at age 21. I think we've pushed him down far enough.
2: Yeah, he was dominant in that game that we did for uh, league pass on on Monday against the Grizz. That was really important. And he, again, I've I've been concerned that he's a little bit one note, but man, that one note getting downhill and finishing is really, really good. And he's doing enough as a shooter and as a floater guy that teams can't just totally play him for the driving.
3: Yeah. And I don't think he's an atrocious defender or anything either. Like He's got pretty good athleticism and stuff. He's just He's a he's a little small like if you're playing switching scheme or whatever he's probably not your ideal but he's he's not he doesn't have a target on his back either.
2: Well John, I fear I'm about to break your heart here.
3: Oh no, you're going to take my guy, aren't you?
2: Oh yes he's kind of my guy too. I mean, you were on him first, but only by virtue of the fact that you do more scouting earlier than I do. Mm-hmm. Alperin Shangoon. Yeah. Director.
3: Yep. I, I, I can't blame you. I, you know, I hate, hate to lose my son like this, but if, if, if I'm going to lose him to anyone, you know, I, I uh, yeah. No I good mean, hands. That's,
2: is he your adopted son? Cause I, I don't see a ton of uh, <laughs> physical resemblance there necessarily. Really,
3: really talking to the basketball is the one, the one trade he got from me,
2: but it, Shingun has been way better than I expected defensively I think I think he's gonna he's not gonna be some amazing option but I think he could be better than say someone like Sabonis who's probably been the most he's been most often compared to I think he's got pretty good rim protection instincts he'll jump he can get up if he really has a chance to load up and yeah
3: that's where he surprised me the most when he can take two steps and really like because he has what I call catch-up speed on switches where the dribbler will beat him but then he'll take two big steps and and load up and swat the thing off the class
2: um so that's been better than expected the passing i mean he's so wild right now obviously but he's a tremendously creative passer uh some of what he creates are turnovers but it it, he's which is you know an astronomical rate for a big right now but and he also just has i think really good ability in the post his spin moves if he gets against a smaller player that guy is just going to be meat he's got these hook shots over both shoulders. Now, my question is going to be, how efficient is the ultimately going to be as a score? I think the passing, the defense is going to be okay, and as a shooter is he going to be able to make threes yeah maybe maybe not is he going to be a guy who is going to make shoot 40% of these hook shots or is he going to shoot 47% on these hook shots enough to where that's a real issue and then he has to get double teamed in a lot of matchups you know can he really score regularly against good post defenders um you know i think he could be pretty solid as a pick and roll guy as well he's going to have to work on that aspect of his game with guys who can actually pass the ball to a pick and roll big but i think it, there's just there's so much there from just a raw offensive talent standpoint that I, I wanted to get my hands on him here.
3: I think that's a good pick. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't argue with that. I, I think he could get a lot better defensively if they could just get him to stop freaking lunging at the, at the yeah. dribbler. Like, that's where he gets himself in trouble every single time. Like, just, just stay solid up there and make them shoot over the top of you. But he always gets out over his skis and then
2: it's toast. All right, who's the, your last pick here, John?
3: Yeah, it is my last pick, huh? Uh... And still a couple pretty decent options on the board, but I've been, yeah, I've been a stand for this guy from day one and I have to call out the league's assistant coaches for not putting him in the actual rising stars game. I thought it was a a glaring mistake. Uh, Devin Vassell from San Antonio.
2: Yeah. I thought you might go there. We, we talked, I can't remember what we were doing recently that you were really high on him. Um, might've been like a redraft or something, but yeah. Yeah. He, he, I mean, plays a a good position. I just have haven't really seen a ton of production from him yet. I, when I watch him, it, it, they're just not that many. He'll get some steals uh, once in a while, but he doesn't really stand out to me that much. I'm not buying that he's a truly premium shooter. I don't know that he's going to be a great scorer. I, mean, I think he's just, you know, I see solid starting wing as the upside there, but you see more? uh
3: Potentially, but he has, to, I can't argue with you that he has to shoot the ball better. I mean, he's 35% from three for his career. He's shooting with more more volume this year but the 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 premise of him being a really high value player is for him to shoot 40% on threes not 35%. I think that is totally clear. Uh but I I I guess I still feel like he's he's ramping up. Like he's definitely a better player now than he was a year ago. He's still 21 or whatever he is. Um you know, hardly played his first year at Florida State. So I I I still think he's ramping up here. Yeah, he's 21 and a half actually. Uh so I I'm 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 still a buyer here. I'm I'm still a fan. So it was a tough call. There's a couple other people I definitely could have taken here, and it probably have just as strong an argument. But uh, I went with Facel. Did I lose you, Nate?
2: Oh, fear not. I'm back. All right. <laughs> so. We could just, let's just talk about this last one. Obviously, I I don't need to keep it secret anymore. Here's what I'm considering for this last pick. Moses Moody is in the mix for me here. And my provisional board, I had him 16th. I've just been, I mean, he hasn't gotten a chance to play much. He's been destroying the G League. He's got like 64% true shooting, 30% usage in nine games in the G League. And hes that's not even necessarily with hot shooting. He's only shooting 38% from three. I think he plays really tough. Gonna be a good two-way guy for a long time solid shoe like I, I think he could be somewhat similar to Bane in the end maybe with a little bit less pick and roll skills um love him as a rebounder so th- that's one that i'm thinking of here cole anthony i also would have in the mix he's really kind of fallen off though his numbers are actually kind of falling down to where they were last year and he the on off stuff with him was great early on but that's also because they just didn't have anyone else uh i would include Quentin grimes as a possibility here he's really impressed me but his offensive game doesn't necessarily have enough diversity at this point he's also older and he may be he may be shooting a little bit above his head like but really good defender and shooter i've been impressed by him this is when the guy hasn't put up the stats and he also wasn't necessarily a favorite favorite of draft nicks at this spot but i would consider zaire williams here actually what, what do you think of him
3: uh i guess i just i feel like he's kind of a blank canvas guy like what <sighs> How much of a difference is there between Zyra Williams, who went 10th, and Brandon Boston, who went 53rd? Like, they were both highly touted guys who had a really bad year in college. Um... And they're kind of skinny, toolsy-ish forwards. I mean, the the Grizzlies are playing Zaire more. They have put him a, uh, defensively. They put him on some good players, and he's held up okay. Offensively, I still think he's like kind of a zero. I mean, they have him shoot catch and th- shoot threes, which I think opponents are pretty glad to concede right now. He does get up, get up uh, for some alley oops, uh, but I think he's more like he's able to score a little, just taking advantage situationally of of playing around those guys and John ja in particular. I I guess I I don't know I'm still pretty much unconvinced Um,
2: yeah so you would have been rooting for me to take him if you had another pick is what you're saying (laughs) exactly (laughs) Um, yeah I mean the thought there is just like he's been starting for a good team I've been impressed by his defense he's I don't know how good he's going to be able to be guarding power wings but as a length guy on the ball I think he's been pretty impressive he's shooting it better since he came back from that ankle sprain he was terrible the first month and a half he was killing them and, yeah you know he's, he's actually been able to be out there as they're winning games he, yeah I don't think he's great as a shooter yet but I agree his bounce has been impressive he does have this latent ability to get to some two-point jumpers that hasn't been featured and rightfully so but I, I think he's just for for a guy at his age with his physical tools to be in the rotation starting in the absence of brooks on a good team and for them to not really miss a beat like that impresses me i i think i think he's got some upside with his ball skills and and just what are where he's been able to get defensively as a 19 20 year old you know i i've liked that i don't know that i would ultimately pick him would there be anyone else in consideration here for you
3: Yeah, uh, two guys uh would be herb jones and Sadiq bay
2: yeah but bay i ultimately didn't go with Him just because he's old enough and hasn't played quite well enough. He's been a lot better recently. He had such a nightmare start to the year that I think was an, was an aberration. But I I don't necessarily see the upside for him. He's just not very athletic. And I Jones, agree with that. you know, maybe I've not. I, I'm going to be honest that New Orleans is one of the teams that I've watched the least this year because you know you haven't knows, missed a lot. No Zion and yeah. yeah, they don't have anybody that is just like too sexy on them. But I mean, when I've seen Jones, it's been impressive. I still though the total inability to shoot just caps the upside for me um i i that, mean
3: it's i wouldn't say a total inability to shoot
2: um okay yeah that, that was too harsh you're right
3: i mean he projected as kind of a non-shooter he shot it a little better The you know this is where it's tough to uh where you know the situation a player is drafted into you know always gets conflated too like him going to the team that has Fred Zin- vincent as the shooting coach probably yeah. increases his upside quite a bit right
2: no you make a good point there uh, um yeah i mean i was thinking of him being a guy who might make up some but he's always going to take like 3 per 36 minutes. That's kind of more what I I was yeah. seeing for him. So I guess I guess I got to make a pick here. Oof. Yeah, it probably comes down to Moody and Williams, just because I, I like the the upside picks. I think I'm going to go Williams. I'm going to go with Zyre Williams here. All right. That, that might be controversial, but I just, a, again, I've seen, I've seen just, uh, this is another kind of upside play, and I think he's, he's going to shoot it well enough to be a rotation guy. He's athletic, he's going to be a solid defender, and there's still some upside there, being that he was only spent a year in college. All right. Who, who would you have gone with, ultimately, in that pick?
3: Uh I I mean I kind of had a tie almost between Anthony and Herb Jones and I um, I could have gone either way on that
2: Is considering Moody crazy to you No this not at played all enough?
3: Not, no. a, not at all. I mean, I but, I but mean, Moody is a help defender for like a, a rookie who only played one year in college. It was like, wow, like this guy's early. He knows what he's doing. Like, OK, wow. Um, And, uh, you know, from seeing mid arc, like I know he can shoot the ball. The question is really how much juice does he have athletically and off the dribble to do things yeah. beyond shooting?
2: Yeah. And also as an individual defender, I don't think we've seen it from him yet. I think he can get to be solid there, but I'm not sure he's going to be a guy where you're like, all right, yeah, we can switch him uh, in this pick and roll onto one of the better wing scores. But yeah, I think he has maybe a little bit more upside than people appreciate. But uh, OK, so uh, yeah, this will be interesting. I'll, I'll have to post this on Twitter later or, or uh, in my newsletter of uh, what our teams were. And we'll, we'll go back to this. But let me ask you this. Now, I'm not an expert on this at all. Here's the four players on the G League of Night. Uh, Marjan Beauchamp, Dyson Daniels, Jaden Hardy. Those guys are all draft eligible this year. And then Scoot Henderson is... Oh, he's yeah. oh, going yeah. to play.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's correct. Yeah,
2: yeah, because he, which is very exciting, because. Uh, I'm glad they picked him over uh, what is it Fanbo Zhang is that the other the other guy
3: uh, my, Michael, Michael Foster the big guy would probably be been the next next guy that would have uh, been on the okay. list
2: Okay. well no I'm very glad it's going to be hand- I mean this is very unprecedented I kind of like a, a guy who's not even draft eligible going to be going up against NBA players that's going to be it's going to be pretty fun so I guess he goes up against some NBA players in the G League too uh, at this point but so how many of these guys if any would break in here and about where would you slot him uh,
3: so Scoot Henderson. Anderson would probably be in here maybe around the, uh, somewhere between 10 and 12, probably. Uh, I think he's probably going to be a top five pick in next year's draft. Uh, strong guard can get, can get to the rim, can shoot it a little. Um, pretty good athlete. The background on him is really good. So I like him a lot. Um, the other guy's probably not quite good enough to crack the top. I would have thought about Dyson Daniels at 16. I think I'm a little higher on him than some other people might be right now. Not a great sh- scorer, slow release on his shot, um, good defender, good passer, can handle the ball, has size, uh, and yet young enough where you know the other stuff can still develop. Not, not a freak athlete, but a, a good athlete, uh, so I've, I've really been warming up to him uh then the other boat champ uh i think is getting a lot of noise in the draft to be a, a first round pick and i think part of that is that it's kind of a weak draft but yeah He's, I would describe him as like an energy 3 4, uh, who offers a little bit of shooting, but more like good in transition, good defensively, plays hard, runs the floor. Uh, you know, the type of guy you bring in off the bench for 20 minutes and he's a total pain in the ass and, and, uh, you know, gives, gives you a real boost that way. Uh, I think he's gonna be an interesting guy for teams in the back half of the first round uh and then Jaden Hardy it's interesting because i think a lot of people were looking at him as a top 10 pick entering the season and he's had a really disappointing g league season uh has been a little inconsistent a little bit of tunnel vision on the ball has a good looking shot uh but in games i think it's it's a little bit of a low release and he's not a great athlete so he has trouble just getting to like a ton of three pointers and instead uh kind of ends up taking a lot of tough twos uh i don't think he has great like court vision or, you know, anything as a, as a creator for other people. Uh, the defense has not really been there. So he's got a lot to prove. Uh, and he probably has the most to prove in that game. Cause I think there are guys who would like, there are scouts who would come back to him if he shows well. Uh, in, you know, this, this next weekend. Because it's going to be two games. I guess they play. They play one game to fifty and one to twenty-five. So yeah. he 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 could. He's the one guy who could probably really do something for his stock.
2: Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm excited to see if these guys are going to play. I mean, I think the prospects they're going to want to go out there and play really hard, and maybe they can elevate the level of overall competition. Do we know how they're actually picking who's going to be on which of these teams? Because they're going to intermingle. It's not going to be rookies versus sophomores, obviously.
3: So th- yeah. Yeah, so they're picking the rookies and softs. They're picking from that pool of twenty-four players. Like I guess they they're picking six guys for each team. I I I think whatever assistant coach is coaching them is doing the picking. I think. Yeah. I, don't quote me on that. And then at the end they'll pick among the four G League guys. Okay. So yeah, every I mean, team will be six NBA guys and one G League guy.
2: Okay. Yeah, I would have been interested if they had – I guess there's probably not enough talent to where you could have put the G League guys all together. Um, But, they. I mean, you would have at least known that that team would have played really hard. Um, But, yeah, if you split them up, maybe that won't be the case. Yeah, I'm interested to see how how this turns out. Um, Yeah, Scoot Henderson, it seems like – for just the reports, it seems like – you know people are talking about him as like you know clear top two prospect and like you know nuclear athlete and he's put up 30 point games in the g-league at age 17 even though the, the quality of play in the g-league is not not that high these days it doesn't seem like but it, with so many teams and and uh you know at least most of the guys that got called up are back there now but yeah. it seems like you're a little bit lower on him I, I was gonna expect you to say just based on some of these reports that you would have had him you know a little bit you know up there with like Lamelo and anthony edwards and these guys but that's you 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 think is would most people say that or is or is that just any draft draftee it has to be lower because he hasn't proven anything in the NBA
3: yeah I think that's that's more the the latter that we we just haven't really seen enough yet so I you know I I feel good about the guy but there's a obviously when you when you talk about these guys you know the first especially the first five players we picked I mean have already done a ton in the NBA right there's like no there's no risk of failure with those picks
2: no I think that's, that's fair. All right. Well, this is fun. Let's. Uh, should we rule a team out of the playoffs real quick here? Yeah, sure. All right. Most recently, we did this on January twelfth, and I think as of right now, you're looking a little bit more prescient than me because you you ruled out Sacramento, and I ruled out Portland. We just found out Ooh. that Dame was going to be injured. They're about to go on this road trip, and then all of a sudden, they've been you know they're they had like a seven and four stretch without Dame to kind of stick around. It doesn't seem like they're maybe as clear a seller at the deadline. although I don't know how the Nasir Little injury complicates that. So Portland was the, the wrong pick. I will go first. I'm going to take the Kings. I don't even need to look standing.
3: <laughs> if you did look at the standings, you would still take the
2: Kings. Well, Indiana might've been the other one. That's true. Because they're just behind so many teams and they're so injured and they're probably going to make trades as well. They're, I mean, they're in 13th in the East right now.
3: Uh, so the pick is to me.
2: It is to you. Uh, so I'm going to take Indiana.
3: Yeah, it's it's over. Um, they, I mean, their point margin says they're a much better team than their record, but it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Like Turner's out, Brogdon still isn't back. They're whatever deals they make, they're going to be sellers and not buyers. So for them to win enough to catch up to Atlanta for tenth, um, you know, I mean, you're probably looking at, I mean, Atlanta only two games under 500 right now. You. We'd probably have to get all the way back to 500 to get to 10th in the east and so indiana going to go 22 and 8 the rest of the way <laughs> yeah right so, yeah. I, yeah, it
2: seems unlikely. And, and particularly, I mean, I don't Turner's to be back before the break. Doesn't seem like Brogdon is going to either. And uh, I don't bonus... think they're going
3: to hustle Turner back either. You know what I mean? Like,
2: well, if, if, if they don't trade him, yeah. and
3: whatever, even, even if I sort of expect him to not be traded because I think this foot injury is a pretty major complication to doing something. But pre- presuming that happens. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, Maybe they'll play yeah, a few I mean, games you, at the maybe, end just to you know show people he's healthy so they can trade him in the summer but like yeah they're not going to rush it
2: yeah, so in the discussions that you've had does it seem like this foot injury is like a disqualification for Turner being traded now?
3: I mean, just just from my experience like when you're dealing with an injury situation and you as a as the receiving team really need to look under the hood on, the, on it and do some research, but it's tough to do all the research you need to do without without the other team playing along and they're usually reluctant to do that, like especially while the season is is going on and they're and it's and it's like unless you're already at the five yard line it's 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 tough to really get all that information you need and the way the trade deadline works when nobody gets serious about their offers until the last 24 hours like that makes it really complicated to do that so i I guess i would be really surprised if something happened i think it's that's a much easier thing to pull off in the offseason
0: ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling
2: all right well you guys can get your speaker requests in i don't actually see any right now but we're uh, about to get started here uh i've been having a few technical problems with this so maybe you guys are putting them in and not we're not actually receiving them but i'll give you a second if uh people want to put them in there we go all right yossi goslin from hoops hype how you doing man
6: Hello, you hear me?
2: Yeah, what's what's going on? I actually, I just uh, read the summary of your pod with the Scato for like not ninety minutes ago.
6: Yeah, thanks. Um, we've been working real hard on this
2: stuff, and I'm glad
6: to have been listening to you guys for a while. And uh, glad to finally have a question for you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. What do you got? So you guys were talking briefly about RG Bear last week, and it got me thinking. What? What so he's going to be extension eligible this off season? What's a figure you guys feel comfortable
2: giving him, and what do you guys think he ultimately ends up getting? Huh? Yeah. You know that—that's that, that, my response too, John.
3: Big. You know he's a tough guy to value. I think because in general, like he's a young wing. Uh, You know, he plays a coveted position. He can shoot a little. He's a pretty good defender. Like he's not, it's not that he's bad exactly, but he's been kind of average. And, you know, as a number three pick, you're expecting more than that. But he's also only 21 years old. Um, I I actually think he gets extended at a pretty good number. I think he ends up like in the like 16 to 20 million range if he, if he continues on his current tra- trajectory the rest of the year.
2: Oh, no way he'll take that little. I, he's going to, he'll yeah. demand like, I mean, I, I think he's going to be saying, give, me, Jalen Braun, money. I think that's what he's gonna be asking for. Um,
3: I just I mean, as the Knicks, you can't do that.
2: Yeah, right? well, so so this is interesting. He, you know, the Knicks might be a cap space team in the summer of 23. Barrett's cap hold is astronomical with 31 million. So now you might want to get that down because if you go into a long period of restricted free agency with him, then that cap hold could kind of mess you up a little bit. Uh, I mean, I agree. I I don't think he's been anywhere near as good as Jalen Braun. He's had this recent stretch where he's been attacking the basket more. That's been pretty impressive. I also think that the Knicks offense with Julius Randle and center who roots himself to the restricted area on offense doesn't really showcase his skills. All that much. And yeah, I'm still wondering about him as a shooter. I mean, I think to me, you know, I would probably be comfortable extending him at like an 18 million a year type of level. Mm -hmm. That was what I'd be comfortable with. I see. I, it seems very unlikely to me that he takes that, though, which maybe he should, but I, it seems like he's going to want more. I think he's going to be, it would take, I mean, he would be at least wanting as much as Mikhail Bridges got, if not more.
6: Yeah, I kind of, I'm with you there. I, I was thinking the floor will, would probably, I'm thinking, though, as far as like what he might actually get, I feel like the floor might be around what Jaron Jackson just got, but four for 105. So I, I think him and Tyler Hero in particular, they're going to have very interesting uh, negotiations this summer
2: no I, I agree so so that's that's your prediction you think he gets over 25 million or do you think it just doesn't get done um i kind of think i'm kind of leaning that he gets something close to that
3: i'm trying to remember did this front did this front office draft Barrett?
6: I'm um, trying to remember the timeline. I don't. I don't think.
2: No, so. I don't think. I so. don't
6: think they did.
2: Right? No, because he he came in. Rose came in basically. I think like right before the shutdown in twenty twenty.
3: Yeah. So, because like, I mean, they actually don't. If they give him like twenty five, like they they don't even have max room unless they trade Fournier or something. Um, so gets gets a little. A little more challenging, definitely. Now, maybe they just think, you know, there's. I know they're set up to be a cap room team, but I feel like they're even more set up to be an expiring contract team and trade for a guy. So maybe they're maybe they don't worry about the cap space angle.
6: Yeah, the, their cap situation. We'll see what if that you know that's going to complicate it, too, but. I just, yeah, I just really wanted to hear what you guys thought on that one. Cause that's definitely yeah. going to be a very, uh, I feel like the, like, well, well, the figures could be all over the place as far as like what people think you should get. But, oh, absolutely. The,
3: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's
2: going to be all over. And, hey, and, hey, tell,
1: tell Scotto to do some work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <All right. laughs> so so what one other thing I, on barrett real quickly here you know over the he's been really celebrated last 15 games 28 percent usage still only 54 percent true shooting which is not unbelievable and he's just being in new york being the number three overall pick being a guy whose biggest skill probably is scoring he's just not necessarily scoring efficiently he's just so set up to be one of the most overrated guys and and just so how much the narrative of where he was drafted and the knicks never having extended someone and oh he's really improving which he has he's improved a ton but he also was awful as a rookie uh how much all that plays in I still don't necessarily see all-star upside for him and so I wouldn't want to go to that Jalen Brown type of money without seeing all-star upside from him so if it were me running the Knicks I'm sure we would reach a stalemate in in uh the extension negotiations but it just how much of the whole narrative aspect is going to play in or just them evaluating different him differently than I do and it sounds like you do as well John
3: yeah
2: yeah so those, um, okay I think those narrative facts you yeah. just mentioned I think those we'll definitely
6: play into things but uh no thanks for your time i appreciate
2: it yeah great question yossi appreciate it and and appreciate your work as well um let's get to kayare kayare you're on if and hopefully i uh, pronounced your name correctly kayare you are muted at the moment
1: got it thank you thank you uh yeah what do you got for us i have a a bit of a, a historical hypothetical that i've been tossing around with some friends here so the scenario is that you're picking two players in their prime to go up against Michael Jordan and LeBron James in a 2 on 2 game, but the players you pick do not have to play offense. Essentially like imagine they had to try and make Jordan and LeBron score 30 in as many possessions as
2: possible. What two players would you pick to try and match up with LeBron and MJ in a 2 on 2 situation like that? This is fun. All right. Wow. So, so let me let me throw some candidates out here for you, John. Okay. Draymond Green, yeah. Kevin Garnett. I mean, because we want guys who have the mobility to stay in front of these guys. We need to be able to switch anything, obviously. We'd like yeah. to have a little bit of rim protection in a help situation. Although, two-on-two, you're probably more concerned about just being able to guard one-on-one because if you help, then the other guy is just wide open. It's hard to help in a in a two-on-two situation. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, Draymond has always done a pretty decent job on LeBron. Um, He might be one of those guys for me. Who else should we be considering here?
3: Dennis Rodman? Yeah,
2: I like... Early career, Dennis Rodman. Well, Not necessarily yeah, I mean, because he Rodman. can't.
3: Well, he can't stand under the basket when a guy's out at the three-point line because he wants the rebound. Yeah, that would be a little bit of a problem. Uh, yeah.
2: I mean, he was more of a big man defender in in those later years. Uh, Scottie Pippen.
3: Scotty Pippen, oh. absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. but we need so we need someone who can hold up against LeBron in the post, though. Yeah, I don't know if see, like that.
3: if it's Jordan and LeBron, like they're gonna mash. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. Uh, Kawhi yeah.
2: Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one I, I think though. I, I might even just want like a more size, particularly playing one-on-one. Like we're probably going to just want to back off LeBron a little bit, make him shoot jumpers. Um, so I might just want, like, overall size just to kind of wear him down and where we're... Because in, especially in two-on-two, like, the most effective thing in two-on-two is driving to the basket or just, like, bludgeoning the guy where you just back him down all day and then the yep. other person has to come help and you're fucked, so um, I think... What yeah, about
3: Hakeem Olajuwon?
2: I think he'd be a little bit too slow. Um, I mean, obviously, he was one of the most mobile bigs ever, but I think, like, him trying to guard MJ, I think MJ would just blow right by mm-hmm. Um now, now, so the question is, would early, you know, Minnesota KG, is he mobile enough?
3: I think Minnesota KG is mobile enough, but might not be physical enough.
2: Against LeBron? No, I think he's got enough length that he could still, you know, even if LeBron backs him down, he can't just, like, knock him out of the way. Like, his length could still bother him, I think. Um, yeah. Um, I it, c- can we get, w- what year LeBron and MJ are Are we dealing with here? Can we get a little more specificity? Oh, that's, uh, from that's, that's tough in
1: particular, I think, with LeBron, whose game is changed. So much during his career because like, you know, do, do you want big physical LeBron or shooter LeBron who's maybe a little less uh, apt to just overpower people or sprint by them? Uh, so I don't know that I necessarily have one in mind per se. Uh, just kind of at the peak of their powers. But it's tough with LeBron
2: because his peak is so stretched out and so different in how he plays. I would say if for to play one-on-one, probably like 2009 LeBron would be the guy that I would most want um, because he just was so relentless attacking the basket. I mean, 2013 would be good too, but part of why we got better was with his passing and his defense in 2013, I don't think, and his spot-up shooting. That, that might be important. But um, yeah, I mean, it would either be like 09 or 2013, 2012. 2013 and then Jordan would probably be like 91 would be the guy yeah. I think um yeah. ma- but maybe even maybe even like 89 or 90 because again you know he's the team game isn't as important in a 2 on 2 so i think like Kawhi is a really good one john um i think your beloved tony allen might be a little bit too small
3: I didn't say T.A. For, for that exact reason. Yeah. I didn't say Jason Kidd for the same reason. Um, Yeah, I think it's, you know, the other guy we haven't talked about is Giannis, maybe?
2: Yeah, Giannis, I think, is not really good enough at moving his feet. Yeah. Um, so I yeah I'd be a little bit worried. I think KG is a, kind of better as just a contained guy. Um, Draymond is Draymond one of them for sure. Also, Draymond really knows LeBron very well, so I think that's that would be pretty good.
3: I think uh, Draymond and Scotty would be pretty
2: good. Yeah. Oh yeah. With Scotty, we'll put Scotty on Jordan, and then Scotty like, on switch, Jordan, Draymond Scottie's on LeBron.
3: I mean, you'll have to deal with some switches, but LeBron isn't really as much of a back down guy though. So I, I think you'd feel okay with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, he could be. Uh, but yeah, Scotty though. He maybe his genius is a little bit more as a team defender than a one-on-one guy. He was still very good there. I mean, same um, with Draymond, obviously, right? Yeah, but Draymond also is like great at contesting jumpers, and he's just not going to get back down by like he can match his strength, which is what I um, what I really want there.
3: Prime Ben Wallace is he too slow on the perimeter?
2: I think so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess the question is just, do we want KG or like Scotty or Kawhi? Is there anyone else we should be considering? No, Russell, uh, K.
1: R. Bill Russell is someone that I was I you know crossed my mind. But you once Hollinger got to Ben Wallace, that was the other one that I think people I've talked to have brought up. And Draymond is not someone who I think a lot of people have brought up, but Feels to me, I definitely was in the Scotty slash Kawhi and then Kevin Garnett camp, although I'm a little like what you said about Scotty and Draymond. I think Garnett's defensive brilliance was a lot in his ability to help more than it was necessarily to play as a one-on-one defender, but it's just hard to find someone with the foot speed and the strength to deal with these two people. So I think you got to most of the top candidates uh, as now that we're arriving at Bill Russell.
2: Yeah, Russell just is, the game was too different, like him moving his feet on the perimeter just wasn't something that he had to deal with it at that point he would also be uh calling everyone for a travel on every play <laughs> or a palming violation
1: excellent i, I appreciate it it's a, it's a fun hypothetical i think
2: okay so so my final answer i'm gonna go i'm gonna go draymond and kg I, i'm gonna go uh, just with more size wear him down and i just hope that kg can hold up who's your your two scotty and draymond I
3: think I, I'm Scotty and Draymond, and I'm thinking I'm thinking hard about Kawhi there, though, instead of Scotty. That's a tough. Yeah,
2: one. yeah. The, the Scotty knowing MJ, I think, would be that's true. Pretty, that's pretty true. Useful, although maybe MJ knows Scotty too. It's the other. All right. Okay, this one was awesome. Let's do one more here before we got to go, and let's bring in Greg. Greg Martin, how are you, Greg? You are on.
4: All right, fellas. That was a that was a fun draft. Um, I gotta say, Nate, with all your big swings, I think you'd be loved on Twitter, but, uh, it'd be interesting. I think you'd be on the hot seat a little longer than John would in that particular draft. That's just, that's just one guy talking. Um, but I appreciate the big swings that you took.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, you know, I might end up with more superstars, but a worse overall team. Like that's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was in- Yeah, I mean, well, so so who's who do you consider the big swing? Just uh, Kaminga, Green, I guess. Yeah, Zaire Williams. Yeah, last. I mean, those are all kind of upside plays. Yeah,
4: Green and Zaire. I mean, there's uh, there's a real scenario where your guys like Sadiq or um, who are the other guys at the end there that it's like oh, they probably are going to have better careers, but you know, you never know what you know Zaire could develop, and he's got he's going to have John ja next to him for the next few years, so you know, potentially he grows, you know, and, and fits in well with the, the Grizz culture, so um anyway but the green the green was pretty dang high especially for what he's shown so far he's got he's he's he can cook but like you know you worry about his defense and you know he's he's high, all rookies are high turnover guys but he's he's
2: a fairly high turnover no. guy too yeah i, I agree um did, did you have a, a question or, yeah. or uh yeah I have, yeah what do you got
4: i'll I, i'm a big piston fan so i'm gonna i want to tell you my uh my dream scenario at the trade deadline but then uh, i'll couch that into a bigger question that you guys could probably dive into a little bit which is uh with the trade deadline uh mock mock trade deadline you you guys did a thing where uh you know jeremy went for two firsts basically the thing that everybody's talking about is Troy wants two big assets my dream yeah. my dream with Detroit having a uh, uh, the cap space next summer is to you know move Jeremy for two assets, but you know let's say it's two first, but then use one of those first and maybe throw in another second, kind of like a Brogdon package and bring in Brunson with his low cap hold. So you got Brunson, uh, who you still have your cap space, but you got the cap hold. So you could actually go you know go
2: big big game hunting with somebody else. And so, so you're talking about trading for Brunson at this deadline at, and then re-signing him. Yes,
4: yes, yes. Right. Okay, uh, because you do that now you know, if you're able to pull him away with enough assets from Dallas, now you, his cap holds 3.4. But you still so you could sign him, but sign him last, but then make a big offer to Bridges or Aiton or somebody else. Right. So that's um, th- th- that's a pipe dream over here. But the question I had is how much value I'm going to call him the low cap hold squad. So it's Brunson, uh, Mitch Robinson, Claxton. I would have said Simons because Simons is I think it's 11-8 but like I'm sure he's going to get paid more than 11-8 there's a few others that like their cap holds are pretty low are those is does, is that going to give them any more value in the next week do you think because people you know can squeeze can, them into other answer, areas
3: I can answer that really quickly no because nobody has any cap room this summer like it's it's oh, they're, they're only valuable to the Detroit Pistons and the San Antonio Spurs basically because nobody else has cap room so they can't take advantage of the low cap hold I mean I suppose. There are scenarios we could argue for Memphis, um, but Memphis has enough of its own business that I think it wants to do that doesn't involve cap room, and, they, and it's not like they have so much cap room that they're going to that they're going to sign some big name uh, on, on top of the other stuff they want to do. So I I think limited value for that reason. If we were entering like if it was a few years ago, it's a different situation where you know half the league has cap room, and and then it's really almost like a free player, but. Unless you're Detroit or San Antonio, I just don't see the the value of it. But
2: well, and then throw in as well that there aren't any free agents to get with that cap room as well. Yeah, or they're all restricted, so the the other teams hold
4: all the cards. If there's except be for it. Jalen Brunson and Mitchell Robinson. Right, right. <laughs> well, then, that it sucks for them because they. It, I. It seems like all of those that low cap hold crew because there has there's um, not a lot of cap space. They're probably going to get a little underpaid, a la Nurkic a couple years ago, where he didn't have any place to go. Yeah,
2: yeah. That yeah, 2018. That's,
4: that's-
3: Totally gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
4: Might,
3: see some, right. might see some might see some one year deals this summer.
2: Yeah. And I think it sounds like to to acquire Brunson, by the way, like one first round pick is not gonna do it for Dallas. At least, you know, that's what Tim McMahon's reporting was recently. We'll see. Maybe they they would change on that. But yeah, the Dallas you, uh yeah, go ahead.
3: Let me, let me throw it out there. Jeremy Grant for Brunson, Finney Smith, and Dwight Powell. Who says no? <sighs>
2: Are you at, um, are you asking yeah. me? Yeah, no, no, we'll ask you. Yeah, you're you're the Pistons expert here. <laughs>
4: um, I think. I, I, as, uh, as someone else has said, I don't remember who said it, but uh, I, I think Dallas says no because they got to find somebody else who dri- who can dribble other than Doncic, and but Jeremy Grant's not going to bring the ball up. Like who who's is it? Trey Burke? I mean, come on, I, I don't think Jer- do. Jeremy Grant really
3: wants to bring the ball up though. Does that <laughs> yeah.
4: count? Yes, as I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think Dallas says no because they're going to have to find somebody who can uh, run an offense with Doncic <laughs> off the off the floor. Although I think it's a higher upside. Maybe if they have another side, maybe they uh, ask for Corey Joseph in that too, or I don't. I don't know. I mean, now we're just again pipe dreams
2: yeah well I, I, don't, I don't want uh those guys as the pistons i think that's where it even breaks down even more I, like brunson to me i don't like his fit that much with cade much as i don't like it with Doncic, like he's not as much of a willing shooter yeah they need obviously their point guard situation has been awful and they need to upgrade there but brunson's a little older like he's just not a high upside guy reset you're getting finney smith like to you'll you'll also win too many games probably the rest of the year and then you're <laughs> <laughs> going to get Finney Smith to re-sign him at age 29, you're going to have to overpay both Brunson and Finney Smith because they're both free agents so I don't really I mean and Grant is under contract for a year after this so why would you trade Grant who's younger than both those guys probably a better asset and under contract for longer to get them I I don't think that would really make sense for Detroit I would much rather just have the two future first round picks if I'm Detroit because I'm trying to be good four years from now I don't think getting Brunson and Finney Smith helps you there yeah I mean the, the last word on this is just a, and having
4: a capable Brunson I think helps develop whoever you draft in the top five this summer Cade and any other whoever the other three that you think you want to keep long term like having somebody who can run the ship makes development better for those guys i i think yeah
2: no i mean but i think you know you could sign i don't know tyus jones or rubio or someone like that rubio will take a little while for him to come back but uh you know to kind of be more of that caretaker ish sort of guy um all right well this was fun thanks so much again for listening a reminder we're gonna be our next show is gonna be friday of next week after the trade deadline tentatively scheduled for two east Eastern 11 Pacific, we'll see if that holds as of now but i think it probably will unless things change you never know around the deadline and uh we'll talk to you all next week also a reminder on dunk don our mock trade deadline episode is now out and the second episode of that is available to dunk don prime subscribers and john what did you write about for the athletic this week
3: uh i wrote about the uh, top defensive players in history so that was fun um and uh rank, ranked the top 25 even uh and i wrote about the milwaukee bucks uh struggles and whether you know we're giving them too much of a pass as defending champions and i wrote about the 41 and nine phoenix suns and if they need another piece Or well, that's on the athletic <laughs>
2: <laughs> 41 and nine come on Who, why would they why would anyone be interested in them uh yeah no that's that's uh, I, I read all those good good pieces and uh, we'll talk to y'all in nine days till then reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so